You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Malachi Ward. Malachi is a... I don't want to say mini-comics maker because they're not, they're not mini-comics. They're really well-printed, put-together work of independently produced comics. Uh, Expansion um, has been the collaboration with Matt Sheehan. Um, most recent release is Real Life, as well as other titles like Scout, Utu, um, and work in wonderful anthologies, which all of them I recommend checking out. Uh, no Brow 6, um, Moam number 22, and the first of the ongoing Study Group 12 magazines. Hi, Malachi. Hi, Robin. How you doing? <laughs> Good. How you doing? Good. <laughs> um, now... We were talking a bit before um, that you'd sent me emails a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. um, I'm noticing your comics only go back a couple of years. How long have you been into doing comics? Well, I I started like trying to make comics in probably about 2006, 2007, but it wasn't until 2009 when I like finished something that I was willing to show to people other than my wife. Uh, and that was Utu and the Scout that I did in 2009 and uh, brought those to Ape. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd uh, found them, I saw them at uh, Lucky's here in Vancouver and was just like immediately drawn in uh, to those. Oh, two. cool, just, yeah. Like, they look so great and like the production level that you'd put on them it seemed like you really wanted to make an impression. Yeah, I um, I like the printing process. I like paper. Um, so it was always an exciting part of the process to try and make the, the comic look as, as cool as possible. So tell me a little bit about your background. I'm really curious kind of where you're coming from. I mean, right off the bat, you have a pretty unique first name um <laughs> yeah did you grow up around a lot of like creativity uh yeah um i mean my parents my dad worked as like a in advertising as a newspaper my mom did a lot of um teaching and she's a librarian now um but they both had very creative hobbies. My dad did a lot of woodworking. My mom drew. My dad drew also. Uh, so they were always, they always definitely encouraged me to be creative. Um, that took a lot of forms when I was younger, but I always, I always drew. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I had sort of varying interests in comics like a lot of kids do I think but um, yeah I always knew that I wanted to do something art related mm-hmm. I get the feeling that there's also a lot of literature as well just regular old books with words yeah yeah um, you know my parents started reading to me at a, at a really young age and a for a while, I was sort of deciding whether I was going to focus more on drawing or more on writing. I 
took a lot of creative writing classes and did a lot of writing in in school. Um, yeah, so I was always very inspired by novels and short fiction and, and read a lot in school. Were you into a lot of sci-fi in high school? Um, yeah, I... I think high school and a lot of early college was more kind of discovering for myself a lot of like classic literature, you know, like Flannery O'Connor or Ernest Hemingway or a lot of the big names are, are kind of what I was reading a lot of. And I was still keeping up with science fiction during those years, but I was kind of, I don't know trying to be cool <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't admit to uh, you know watching Star Trek or anything like that in high school but now it's okay now yeah now I'm much more at peace with that <laughs> um, I guess one of the reasons I was kind of think looking at the literary thing and I kind of see that literary influence is um your comics, you seem to be having a lot of open ideas and um, not necessarily like a strict story. Here's point A, point B, point C. But I kind of feel like you're kind of putting things into a particular world or like a point in time where you kind of have this larger idea mapped out in there. Or a larger yeah, place. Yeah. I... Say it again? Or a larger place. Yeah, I think um, even even when I was just doing fine art, I was doing lots of like world building a little bit. I was like doing that. Um, so that's I feel like that's definitely a part of my work. And then in terms of the uh, sort of open ended ideas, or uh, yeah, there's I feel like. I don't know, sometimes I'm maybe a little self-conscious about trying to explore big themes in my work, but I hope that I'm always doing that in a way that's not, you know, didactic or anything like that. Do you feel like a lot of your work is all existing in, like, the same world, uh, even though there's kind of, like, very disparate differences between them? Um, I mean, there's there are some stories that definitely take place in the same world, um, and a lot of times I'll revisit things and sort of think about building upon earlier stories or just kind of thinking to myself that this story and this other story kind of maybe happen in the same world even though they're, you know, thousands of years apart or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think to, there's sort of a spectrum for that. How old are you? I'm curious. Sorry? How old are you? Oh, I'm 28. Okay. And so comics were kind of something you jump, you got into after kind of going through, like, making comics? Or was there, like, a specific um, thing at a certain point in time that kind of led you into wanting to make the comics? 
Well, I uh, when I was in college, I was uh, majoring in art and liking it fine, uh, but my art was always very narrative, and I'd had some previous experience with comics, but it was mostly mainstream comics, and just, you know, one day at a comic book store picked up, I think it was that McSweeney's that Chris Ware McSweeney's uh, 13? put together. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was kind of the, the first time that I had seen stuff and sort of realized that comics could maybe accommodate the kind of images that I wanted to make. Um, and so from there I started reading a lot more and was into comics without necessarily thinking I was going to make them for a couple years. Um, but yeah, it, it all kind of happened around the same time. Who are some creators you're gravitating towards? Well, you know, the I liked Chris Ware. That was definitely one of the first ones. Um, the two guys that I, I really latched onto early was um, Kevin Itzenga and... Uh, um, oh, gosh, I'm blanking. He's another St. Louis guy. Uh, um, Dan Zetwak or Ted May? Yes, yeah, Zetwak. Um yeah, those I I I definitely really liked those guys and um you know liked the the Kramer's anthology and uh, yeah different uh, those those were kind of the main ones right when I started out. And you live around the LA area. Yeah, yeah, I live in uh, South Pasadena. Were you able to find much of a community? Um, as you started getting into making more comics of kind of peers doing similar work? Yeah. Well, I um, I knew Matt, who I, who I do expansion with. I knew him from school. But we were kind of both in a similar boat where we were kind of messing around with the idea of comics, but we were sort of the only two people <laughs> that we knew that were doing that. Um but once I, it wasn't really until I put out Utu that I started, you know, and taking them to the shops around town, I started meeting some of the other L.A. cartoonists. But I feel like there's a pretty good L.A. community that I'm a part of. We have a Dungeons & Dragons game going. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's, who's in that tournament or in that, that journey? Um, or do you want to? Uh... I guess it's it's I, it's probably okay if I out them as uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons players. Um, what Tom Neely and uh, that doesn't John surprise Familia. me. And What's that? That that one doesn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Shannon O'Leary and Jen Wang and um, our dungeon master is. Levon Jahanian, I think is how you say his last name. I just avoid saying it usually. <laughs> um, who does Danger Country? And he um, it's kind of based in his his Danger Country world. I could see him doing pretty fantastic 
uh, dungeon mastering based on his comics. Just yeah, it's a lot of fun. As a, as a, as a uh, as a judgment. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you do you find as you got kind of more to know other folks in the community, um, kind of with own, your own cartooning, were you able to kind of bounce stuff off as far as like developing? at all or are you pretty like you mentioned not showing stuff to anyone but your girlfriend till 2000 um, there were there's kind of a small group of people I would show stuff to um, to Matt and to my wife and I would also show stuff to um, a friend uh, Jed McGowan who also makes comics he did a comic called Lone Pine um got to Zarek a couple years ago. I think I know uh, it. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, those are kind of my people that I, they, they see pretty much all the steps of the process. Other than that, I usually wait until it's more finished before I show it to people. I mentioned earlier, kind of, one of the, the things I really enjoy about your work is kind of this larger world. And, um, you mentioned Matt Sheehan. Did I get it right? Is it Matt Sheehan? Uh, yeah, Sheen. Sheen. Sorry, sorry, Matt. Oh. <laughs> um, and tell me about that that collaboration with him on expansion. That's your kind of larger work so far. And you guys also did that backup in uh, Profit. I forget which issue. Yeah. Um. Well, it started out. We had both been making comics on our own and it kind of just started as oh it would be sort of fun to try collaborating on something it would be fun for me to ink his pencils so um, he penciled a page and just sort of a random page that he made up and I inked it and we really liked the way that it turned out so we thought oh maybe we'll do like a you know, a little comic for a convention, and we're kind of writing it as we went along, and it just kept getting more involved, and that was expansion. Um, so, like, if you look at the first part of expansion, that first chapter, it's um, the style shifts very drastically <laughs> over the course of that comic, and it's because I mean, we we did know like preliminary work on that we just kind of started um, but it was a lot of fun the the profit backups that we do are a lot more deliberate and um, collaborative like we outline the story together and lay the story out together whereas with expansion I would kind of write like a very loose kind of prose style uh uh, outline of it and then he would go off and do the pencils and then I, he would give it to me and I'd go off and do the inks and the grays and everything. Um, oh, hello cat. Um, <laughs> uh, With yeah, we've kind of, we've kind of ironed out a, a, a rhythm that we, that we work really nicely with now. With profit, um, it's kind of a neat thing that you guys are getting the opportunity to do, and I'm curious about your approach to it because 
you've kind of got a different audience. Well, you do. You have a completely different audience of folks you would get at, say, a small press convention than you would that are picking up an image book. And I'm curious, like, is that affecting the story you're making in there? Or, like, kind of how it's being presented, how that's affecting it? Because it's also, you know, high gloss, full color, um, sure. while your other work is matte and, say, duotone or no tone. Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, any time we make a comic, we're definitely considering the form. I don't know how much we necessarily thought about the, like, did it to different audience, but we definitely did think a lot about, like, you know, the dimensions of the page and the paper and doing it in full color. Um, and more than anything else, just the, that five-page limit is uh, <laughs> it's a tricky thing to try and do a story that, you know, will grab people in uh, that short of space. But I don't, I don't know if we were really... I feel like the stuff that we do together has a certain amount of... I don't know if mainstream is necessarily the right word, but it I think it has a potential to appeal to not just the alternative comics group. Mm -hmm. Had you been reading it before you guys uh, did the backup? Yeah, well, we had sort of been talking about doing a backup before it actually started. Oh, okay. Um, with Brandon, yeah. Um, but I knew uh, I knew Simon's work and Brandon's work before they started doing profit. Actually, I think I found Simon through the through Inkstead, <laughs> uh, and we had sort of been, you know, uh, talking back and forth online because we had very similar, you know, uh, uh, styles of storytelling and similar interests um, with science fiction and. Uh, pretty history and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was definitely cool to, you know, play a small role in the, the profit stuff. Wasn't he planning on doing like a dinosaur book at some point? I can't remember. Oh, maybe. I know he had one that he was talking about that was um, set in the, like, the Mesolithic. So it's like hunter-gatherer um, but like in like northern Europe I think there was a fantasy element to that also I know he had a lot of dinosaur drawings too I don't know if that was the story that he was working on <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you synced into his work because both of you guys kind of sink into something else where I feel like you're kind of doing a continuation of like say certain stuff from heavy metal from like 1983-84 where there's mm -hmm. this like shared aesthetic yeah definitely um, yeah I, in a lot of ways that was I, in comics that was a real you know high point for science fiction and so when you know I, I there were always fantastical or science fiction-y kind of elements to 
my work. So when I was picking up comics and reading comics, it was only a matter of time before I latched on to, you know, some of the heavy metal stuff from the 70s and 80s. Who are some of the guys that you really jumped into? Um, I mean, a lot of the the big ones. I mean, like, I think that people will probably see the a, a Mobius influence in Matt and I's work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liked uh, Richard Corbin. I yeah, I yeah, I. Mobius was kind of the big one in the the Mobius Jodorowsky stuff. Um, I actually remember when I, I think I was like 12, and an uncle gave me like his entire collection of heavy metal. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And I looked at that and was just traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little too young uh, for the heavy metal. And I think the ones that he gave me were just yeah, particularly, <laughs> particularly explicit. So uh, revisiting them when I was older was sort of uh, interesting to <laughs> see them through new eyes and not just see them as this like scary, kind of intimidating <laughs> thing that I didn't understand. <laughs> what are these people doing? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a certain place you? are looking to go with your comics like because I definitely see you growing as a cartoonist yeah um I mean <laughs> in a lot of ways it's it's sort of specific things that I'm just trying to get better at tell better stories I mean doing the color and the profit things was a lot of fun um definitely want to deal a lot with color in the future um there's also going to definitely be longer stories that matt and i will tell together and that i'll tell on my own also for my own comics the i i love the short form comics telling but it's so hard for me (laughs) yeah i think it's like this is the most difficult thing to do people that do that really well um, I think that's really impressive. Um, but definitely for the future, most of the stories are going to be longer ones. Real Life is your most recent thing, um, published by uh, Revival House. Um, I feel like it's kind of a turn of very different work for you. Yeah, in a lot of ways, um, especially because I had mostly been doing the expansion stuff in between, like, Utu and real life. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot different than expansion. I feel like it, I don't know, it's hard for me to be objective, but I feel like it still fits in with the same kind of thing that I was doing with, like, Utu and stuff like that, but it's not like a science fiction story, which I hadn't really done yet, and it is it has a contemporary setting which mm-hmm. is different for me yeah. well, it feels more like horror yeah, yeah that was um, uh, Dave Nuss, the 
the guy behind Revival House Press. He's he's a big horror fan, and uh, I like horror a lot too. So I we were sort of excited to try and do try and make this first issue uh, of Ritual kind of dealing with the, you know uh, exploring that genre a little bit. So is this going to be kind of an ongoing uh, series for you? Yeah, um, yeah. Each issue will be a self-contained story. Um, they'll all be about you know twenty or thirty pages, like that one. Um, they won't necessarily all be like horror comics, but um, they will. Uh, they'll they'll usually have kind of like a darker tone to them. I'm always curious when I see um, a younger, newer cartoonist kind of taking the approach you're taking with um, kind of self-contained works and not going for doing this bigger work. Um, like, I definitely see kind of the chops to do a graphic novel, but you seem attracted to this, to the that size of work that you're doing right now. And I'm wondering if that's kind of a purposeful thing, or are you building up to be able to do something bigger? Yeah, I think when I initially started trying to do comics, I wanted to do a really long story. Um, like we talked about before, the world building is something that's really appealing to me, and that you know can lend itself to long form stories. But um, you know, I didn't really have any success. Like, I didn't feel like I'd made a story that I liked until I started doing shorter ones. And, um, yeah, I, there's there's just something really satisfying about a, a really kind of tight, kind of punchy <laughs> short story. Um, I like finishing things, too. <laughs> <laughs> feels good to finish something so <laughs> short comps definitely lend themselves to that but I mean mostly it was just that I feel like I have a pretty good sense of like what I'm ready for and you know I, I wasn't ready to do a longer comic I definitely needed to develop my storytelling with the shorter ones is it also kind of an economic reality of kind of being able to sell these comics? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially when I was first starting out, I mean, even if I had finished, you know, a 150-page story or something, I would have no idea what to do with it. With, uh, with Utu and the Scout, which was like 28 pages and 16 pages, you know, I... I could just print those and it wouldn't like bankrupt me. Um, yeah, so there's yeah, there, I mean there's a very practical reason for doing shorter stories too. Now you've been doing conventions and such. Do you have any coming up? Are you doing any fall conventions? Summer um, conventions? Yeah, I'm going to be doing the San Francisco Zine Fest, which is Labor Day weekend. That's been a really great show. It's it's in Golden Gate Park and it's free, um, so there's always a lot of people coming through. Um, and then I'm going to be doing Ape also. I think those are the only 
two have this you year. Found from your experience when you do free shows, it's a better turnout or more willing customers. Uh, I I always do better at the free shows, <laughs> um, even though uh, the San Francisco Zine Fest is a much much smaller show and it doesn't necessarily have like you know fanographics or any of the publishers there or the big ones at least um, I, I sell more and get more traffic that I, at the Zine Fest than I do at Ape mm-hmm. um, yeah so I, I always do well at those one of the things that really struck me about your work and this could just be my own observation is some of it feels very Old Testament do, <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I am very interested in the Old Testament. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my first name <laughs> is uh, the last one of the prophets in the Old Testament. Um, yeah, I I have sort of an endless fascination with. Um, First and Second Samuel, uh, which is sort of the story of Saul and David. I, that's just a really interesting <laughs> kind of. The, it's the most sort of literary section of the Bible where it's it's written like a. It's a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, one of uh, one of my favorite books is. Um, God Knows, the uh, Joseph Heller book that's sort of his retelling of of uh, David's story. Yeah, I don't know, there's something about and, and just in general sort of ancient history um, the, the just the bigness of the world back then. <laughs> yeah. The, the scope of perspective is definitely something that I'm drawn to. It's pretty interesting when you look at all these areas that now we look as like very close and having all these really interesting, distinct literary traditions. Mm, um, yeah. Like especially when you compare, say, Greek literature and biblical literature, um, both coming from, you know, some of that stuff from the same time, uh, especially with the prophets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the prophets are fascinating the all of the the roots of the oral traditions uh, are really interesting to me um, it, you know one of the reasons Utu is set where it is is um, because of my interest in Samaria and you know uh, the the dawn of civilization stuff is always really fascinating to me like origin myths origin myths and and even just some of the you know the anthropology um, behind it uh, the one of the stories that I'm working on sort of feel like is kind of exploring the the ideas surrounding sort of the this slow birth of civilization kind of is set in that that early time 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I go back to in my work. <laughs> I I like that though. Like I'm really I get really excited when I can see. Um, this is just very much my own personal taste. Someone is kind of jumping into this tradition and able to read like take from these literary traditions and work it in to their own. Um, and yeah, I definitely felt Old Testament y angry God in, in your story. <laughs> <laughs> Were your parents uh, particularly religious at all, or was it just like, like with your name being, you said, one of the prophets in the book? Um, my parents, I, I was raised Christian, um, but it wasn't uh, it was non-denominational. It was not necessarily strict. Yeah, kind it wasn't. It wasn't strict at all. It was kind of unitarian. Uh, not that non-denominational. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there was always a, a balance between religion and you know reason and. Uh, intellectual pursuit in my family. Was that something you kind of jumped into when you were studying literature in school with any kind of those traditions? Learning more about that? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, one of the, the early writers that I latched onto was um, Flannery O'Connor, who, you know, it's uh, very Catholic. <laughs> with um, a name like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, one of the things... Uh, one of the things I, I think that's uh, appealing to me about sort of that Old Testament version of, of God is... Um, I mean, he, he seems more like a more direct stand-in for nature and for humans kind of dealing with the natural world um, than maybe it became later on. Um, so that was always kind of a... That was a, always a big element uh, to the, the appeal of the, the Old Testament also. That struggle between <laughs> uh, people and their surroundings. Mm-hmm. There's like kind of a mix of duty and survival and just kind of discovery, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today, Malachi. A reminder, folks, I've been talking to Malachi Ward. His comics are uh, Expansion, uh, Real Life, um, what do we got here? Uh, top 5 and Sweet Dreams Flipbook. Utu, uh, Scout, as well as work in Bome 22, No Brow 6, and Prophet, um, one of the Prophet issues. <laughs> the uh, Feral 24. issue, 24, 24, yeah. And then you said you have something in an upcoming issue. Do you know which issue? You know, it's not scheduled yet, but um, yeah, we'll be doing more, more backups in the Prophet issues. Are they getting collected in the trade paperback? the backups? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't asked Brendan about that. <laughs> we'll have to ask him. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Malachi. Yeah, 
Thank you. It's fun.